Noi mai, Heidi mai, ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Time for those horns, and it's time with me, Wallace Chapman. Well, research just released this afternoon. Extreme events from climate change has influenced every part of uh, uh, every aspect of Antarctica. Breeding failures of entire penguin colonies, ice shelf collapse, recent lack of sea ice. It is surprising scientists at the pace of it. The ninth FIFA Women's World Cup has been hailed as the greatest by the FIFA president, but some former football ferns feel they could have been included a bit more in the cup. New Zealand does have a women's football history going back many years. We have Wendy Henderson, former football ferns, who played in two FIFA Women's World Cups. She joins us. Also, an international report on cities, which includes Auckland, could do better on many fronts. Productivity, being forward-thinking, public transit, and have you slipped on those yellow dots at crossings? We're calling, uh, we're talking about that. Some are calling them dangerous. And should you be allowed to take your dog to work? Wellington Mayor Tori Fano bought her dog Teddy, but breached the council's tenancy agreement by bringing him into the office. Should she have been allowed to? Text me two one zero one. Email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Julia Hartley-Moore, private investigator at Julia Hartley-Moore Limited. And if you're up to something sneaky, Julia will find out about it, won't you, Julia? Hi, Wallace. Hi, Steve. Yes, of course I will. I would never, ever do anything naughty. Not with Julia Hartley-Moore in the house. Uh, you, you can be sure that uh, she'll be on to it. Quick as a flash. So with us also, Steve McCabe, lecturer at MIT Monaco. Steve, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. How are you? Very well indeed. All right, Julia and Steve, lovely to have them joining me today. And calling all people from New York. It's up to you, New York, New York. If I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. Could New Yorkers make it in Wellington, though? Coffee bars, great public art like the fountain. In a new campaign from the capital city, New Yorkers are being urged to, well, move to Wellington. And one New Yorker has done just that. Well, not Wellington so much, but shifting his life from New York to Christchurch. Close enough. With us is ex-New Yorker and sometime panellist Peter Field. Kia ora, Peter. Good to have you on the program. Yes, greetings from Christchurch. Do you, when you hear that beautiful song, Frank Sinatra, do you miss it? Do you mu- miss New York City, Peter Field? I must say, while I listened to it again, and the lyrics are wrong, it says, I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> How many years have you been in New Zealand, Peter? Yes, well, about 15 of the last 20, so uh, we've made our choice. And do you regret leaving New York? Oh, uh, no, not not one bit. Um, I must say that uh, the 470000 that the ratepayers of Wellington are paying uh, might not get them any people, um, but I think they had the right idea, which is work-life balance is the reason to be, I think, in Aotearoa and Wellington. Oh, that's interesting. So tell me, you, you're in New York. Was it, was it quite a decision? Because from what I know of New Yorkers, you know, it's a... Uh, and I am, I guess, generalizing, but, you know, very proud of your city. There's lots of things to do. There is a, a great hub, a great life. 
Was it a big decision to come all the way and make a new life here in New Zealand, Peter? Oh, it is a big decision, undoubtedly. And this is where I would be skeptical of this, which is I don't think anyone's going to press an escape button and read something and suddenly change their mind. Um, I know when my wife and I talked about it, we thought, well, we need more wind. So that would be a good reason to go to Wellington, right? Um, and living on an active fault line, we thought that would be a great idea. So New York doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're going from, I don't know, the Madison Square Garden after you've watched a hockey or basketball game into Macy's and you're doing some shopping, you step out in Herald Square and you think, gosh, I don't want to live in New York anymore. Let's move away. Yeah, yeah. Julia, can you relate to this at all and sort of moving from one place that you really love to another? Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. I might be doing it soon at some stage. Um, but the thing is, I think a lot of thought goes into it. I agree. You don't yeah. just press a button and, and decide. A lot of thought yeah. and a lot of planning goes into things like this. Yeah, stay there, Peter. Um, Steve. Well, I mean, my wife, Debbie, and I, we did something somewhat similar about 14 years ago. You know, we were refugees from Florida. And oh. and this is the best move we ever made. I mean, seriously. I've I've been to New York. It, it, it's a perfectly pleasant city. I mean, it's not London, obviously, but it's perfectly not bad. pleasant. One of the great hubs, if not the greatest hub in the world. Perfectly pleasant. Look, it's no Manchester, but apart from that, it's not bad. <laughs> but seriously, Florida is an absolute disaster. You know, there's a lot more to America than just New York. Sure, New York is not really America, and and we are so glad that we're here. There's nowhere we would rather be than here. I don't think this is this is the the right place for us. Certainly, Florida wasn't. Peter. Well, I'm sure that's settled. Um, again, no, I think the ad campaign is more dubious, as much as the three of us are, are voting with our feet. Um, I think it's very hard to convince New Yorkers that work-life balance is the issue. Most people move to New York because they're absolutely drawn to work, 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 right. and occasionally life and plenty of culture. So I think it's a tough sell, Wallace. Uh, but Peter also, does Christchurch have bodegas? <laughs> Uh, well, we don't speak much Spanish here, so I guess we don't need to worry about, you know, little dairies in Spanish Harlem, but that's what a bodega is, is dairy. It's, uh, Peter, I guess, I mean, it's, it's it's no secret, is it, that New York, uh, as, as, as many other cities around the world, places, it's finding things a bit tough. There was an editorial board piece in the New York Times saying that post-COVID Manhattan has been quite gutted and it still hasn't revived. You know, restaurants closing earlier, Broadway shows finish, finishing earlier, and actually people just not coming into the CBD the way they used to. And this um, this, this opinion piece in the Times was actually looking for solutions. Oh, I guess so. I, I must say, again, um, the, the joke is here, if people think in Christchurch they're, they're in a traffic jam, they don't know what they're saying. So uh, if there's not a lot of people in the CBD in New York City, it's still one of the most crowded places in the world any time. So it's a matter of perspective. Um, but there are some real detractions about being in New York. Um, the public system of many things is is struggling, especially post-COVID. Public schools, New Zealand is incomparable when it comes to a lot of its shared public things. Really? Such yeah, as? Give, uh, us, give us one. Suffers. Us, public schools, um, school uniforms, um, collective health care, um, feelings about the environment. I think New Zealanders feel they share two islands in a way that Americans are really struggling to feel they share anything. Very interesting, Peter. Yeah, good to have you on. Finally, before we leave you, what is one thing that you miss about your home city? One thing you miss about New York, saying, ah, oh, I wish I could do that or have that right now. 
Yes, well, I'm a big museum fan, and as much as I like the Auckland Art Gallery and Christchurch Art Gallery, um, I don't suggest that people come to visit New Zealand for the culture. Uh, that's more New York and London and L.A. If you love culture, I would not recommend any city in New Zealand. Okay. Outdoor, outdoors, public life, other people, Kiwis, bicultural, that's what we are, but... In terms of high art, not a strength. Interesting, Peter. I'm sure we'll get some thoughts on that one. But uh, hey, <laughs> nice to have you on the you program. Bet. This ex-New Yorker, Peter Field there. Uh, and um, yeah, that depends on how you see culture and what you view as culture. I personally am a massive fan of, I don't know, New Zealand contemporary art. I can't get that in New York. Having said that, the Whitney is just amazing. Um, by the way, um, your texts are flying off the handle about dogs in the workplace no dogs in the workplace i'm so tired of people inflicting their dogs on us uh no name will be supplied because i am a coward uh absolutely dogs at work if the dog is toilet trained and well behaved why the heck not keep them coming all right time for i've been thinking julia hartley moore why don't you start well, I tell you what, over the weekend we had some people come to visit and they were in their late 40s and both of them, now they're not super wealthy or anything and both of them were retired and they spend their days playing golf. Now, I guess there's nothing wrong with playing golf but all day and every day um, and it was interesting because, you know, Steve and I, I mean, I'm 69, Steve's younger but we're still in our 60s and we felt younger than them. Um, you know... I just couldn't understand what is it that makes some people want to retire and others not. I mean, I've I've been running my PI company for nearly 30 years. I have a film and television production company that probably people don't know about, but I have. And I'm busier now on, with those two companies than I've ever been. And oh, the thought of... Like, they seemed so old to us. Well, no, they, no, no, no. Just, just, I just want to come back to you. Can't you think of anything better than having your slippers on, your gym jams? You've got a wee sherry watching Coro Street. That's life, isn't it, Julia? That's oh, that's well, we know we know you're drinking your Ovaltine or whatever it is you drink in your little striped PJs Love and little it. woolly jumper, yep. reindeer on it or something. But we know that's you. That's you. You're very much. You let us know what you're like. Um, I couldn't think of anything worse. I just. Look, I think of people like, you know, look at that doco of Arnold Schwarzenegger on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Look at Collins at 90. I mean, he's nearly 80, old Arnold. Look at all these amazing people doing, still going and doing things. And yet this couple were only in their 40s and they had decided to retire. Living the dream. Living the dream, Julia. Living the dream. All right. Very good. Do you agree with Julia? Do you think that uh, there's no such thing as retirement? <laughs> Steve's shaking his head. He wants to retire tomorrow. I feel like I already have sometimes, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, I think it, it, it depends. If you're in a job that you enjoy, that, that fires you up, that gives you satisfaction, then no, there's no need to retire. I was in a job in my 30s that I, that I would have retired from in a heartbeat. I worked, it was a job that was killing me. I couldn't, want, I couldn't wait to retire. Now I'm in a job that gives me satisfaction. I don't feel the need. If you're fortunate enough to have that kind of job, stick with it.
Okay, very good. Hey, kia ora, Julian. Well, these people had a great job. These people had great jobs. But anyway, go on. They wanted to play golf. They wanted to play golf and, uh, yeah, just uh, watch some Netflix. Okay, uh, Steve, I've been thinking. Well, I've been thinking about education, you know, as is my want. Uh, and I've just been thinking about why it is that none of the major parties have said anything yet about education um, in their pre-election warm-ups. We have got an absolute crisis in education in this country, especially in the tertiary sector. We've got universities that are hemorrhaging staff because they're being underfunded. We've got a polytechnic sector that's woefully underfunded and struggling desperately. Um, and yet none of the parties, they're talking about dental care, which is fantastic, they're talking about wealth tax, which is brilliant. With, you know, actor obviously talking about gutting everything because David Seymour's got no imagination whatsoever. But it, nobody is talking about how we're going to salvage education in this country. How would oh, you salvage it? Well, first of all, invest massively. The universities are hemorrhaging staff because they can't afford to keep them on. Um, the, the Prime Minister used to understand when he was Education Minister that the Polytechnic system needed more money, and now he's given up on that. Um, the, there is no consideration being given to that. The, the, the primary and secondary, te- the secondary teachers in particular have just got a decent pay settlement because they fought for it and went to... Um, What's the word? Mediation for Times it. Times are changing, though, aren't they? I mean, people are choosing uh, education, uh, but they're also choosing other things to not educate and actually going to do a business or a trade or other things. And, and again, if you want to do a trade, try doing that without education. That's where the polytechnics come in. If you want a trade, go, you'll need to go to a trade school to earn to learn that trade, and that's where that's where you need to go to a polytechnic. We want to, we. We want to train. However, there's hundreds of new nurses. There, a lot of those are going to be trained at my, the nursing school where I teach. Where's the funding mm. coming from? Why aren't the parties that are looking to get elected talking about this? Okay, very good. Um, yes, uh, thank you for that, Steve McCabe, Julia Hartley-Moore. And uh, do you question of the day? Should you be able to allow dogs in offices?